0: And we are live. Hi, everybody. You're joining me once again um, for another podcast off the Spirit channel. I am your host, always, the Zenith, and I am here with the uh, very learned Philip Montrose. Um, Philip, uh, let me just give him a bit of introduction. Philip, along with his wife, Jean, have over 30 years of experience in, in the spiritual research development field. They are the founder of the Awakenings Institute a non-profit organization which is devoted to helping people realize their highest potential and unique greatness. They offer online gatherings um, called the Circle of Light and Love through Facebook and a YouTube channel specifically dedicated to this. They offer multiple training courses and certifications in EFT, holistic EFT, coaching and healing Holistic and spiritual coaching, spiritual intelligence, awakening the power of your soul. They are also the authors of a number of books, including The Ultimate Paradigm Shift, Getting Through to Your Emotions, and The Loving Power of Your Soul, which is what we will be talking about today. They also offer a number of ebooks on EFT and spiritual kinesiology, along with free resources on their website. On this website, they also run a blog with all the latest information on their courses, activities. They have personal sessions, and they offer personal sessions. Is that the correct correct word? Yes, sessions. Yeah, (laughs) in each of their courses um, that they offer along with personal healing. They also offer an ordination program to become a certified holistic minister, um, along with the chance to obtain a holistic degree um, and in addition to this here, you will find uh, the lovely Philip um, who publishes short YouTube videos with tips and guidance on everything that uh, Philip and Jane have learned so far in their spiritual life and also the stuff that they offer on their, their, their website. Um, so Phil, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for, for doing this here. I've literally, literally just finished your book um, and it was quite an eye opener, and I hope we're going to have a great conversation today.
1: Thank you so much, Zenith, for having me on your wonderful podcast and being with you. Really appreciate it. Uh, yes, is, is it, we're going to have a, a wonderful conversation coming up. I, I feel it. I'm psychic. I think.
0: Yeah, we're going to have... yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm the to your Jedi Master here. <laughs> <In this laughs> takes three because you have so much so much experience um and so much development and research in this field you know where, where my kind of own um awakening has happened obviously a lot later than in my life and i'm kind of in this here um a lot later than you so i'm, I'm actually in this role here as, as as a learner as well as just a podcast host um as i was speaking to you just before the interview and um, there's so much in, in your book um that it, it, it really does require a number of readings, so much that um, someone can take out of it. And we're gonna get into some of that today, along with hopefully some of the other things that you can do. So I guess um, what I want to ask you, first of all, is a bit of history on uh, Jane and your journey, um, where you started off from, um how you came into this field because like a lot of people um along the way they found that the, the life that they were leading was just kind of unsatisfactory and we we're looking for a, a new direction in life. So if you could potentially or or just give us some sort of history on, on your and Jean's mm-hmm. journey um which you've mentioned a bit off in the in the book too. Right.
1: In in the new book The Loving Power of Your Soul that I wrote with my uh, partner, Jane Mountrose. Right. Uh, well, let me start, Zenith, with um, probably when I became very active about searching for awakening or enlightenment. Uh, I think for some people, uh, it, it takes a while, and they often have a midlife crisis or transition. It might be in their 30s, 40s, or even 50s. And some people start a little earlier, even very early, or sort of have the, the bug, the motivation for a variety of reasons. And for me, it became very intense. Uh, By the time I had finished, I went to UCLA film school and I decided I wasn't going to go to Hollywood because that didn't seem quite right uh, to be a writer director. Um, But I I was interested in spiritual awakening. I wasn't sure what to do. And uh, I looked at all kinds of things. This was uh, in my twenties, which there wasn't as much around as there is now available. I went into different religions and ceremonies, Japanese tea ceremonies, Buddhist institute in Europa, Colorado studied there and a variety of psychologies. Finally, connected with a Gurdjieff-Ospensky group. Mm. People know who that is, but some people that just sounds like gibberish. But they, they were well-known sages from the last century and they had a spiritual awakening uh, developmental schools that they that they had a legacy that people adopted and i found one of those schools in california and it it wasn't quite right but it was the closest thing and generally as zenith a lot of people have this this place and it's part of the spiritual stages that we've come to recognize and write about is that you kind of submit yourself to a teacher or a guru and that can be useful up to a point uh and when we joined this spiritual uh, group organization, uh, I did it alone. I, I met Jane, my wife, in the in, in the uh, in the organization. One of the things that that struck me, and this was kind of interesting, I wondered about this. You know, it's kind of like when you find something you think this is really good and this will be a wonderful learning. But for certain groups and organizations and religions, it's like you don't graduate, which I kind of wondered. You know, that kind of struck me in the back of my mind. What isn't this something that I would learn and then grow on to the next thing? Or no, it's kind of like you found it. And then I realized I was in the paradigm trap, almost, I would say it, or the common uh, pattern that many of us uh, find on earth for a variety of reasons is you are the chosen one. You're in this group. I grew up Jewish. I was chosen there. You might be Christian. You're chosen. You're in this group. You're chosen. You are the ones. You have the truth. And other people do not. <laughs> And this doesn't make any sense of course i mean it didn't make any sense to me although it's very easy and believable and if you're programmed it and told it enough and it's very sounds like a good thing because you're in and the others are out you know you might just believe it i i never really did for myself although i can understand that people do but anyways there was a lot of truth and wisdom in this group zenith and we learned a lot of things about body types and uh, emotional intelligence, and all kinds of things that we're still using and teaching, and are often hard to find today. So I'm really glad I found out. But at a certain point, and I, at a certain point, as I said, I met my wife, my what would be my wife and partner, Jane Mountrose, there, and we teamed up together, got married. Uh, we realized that the leader, the charismatic leader of the spiritual organization, he had the truth know it came on down high to him and then he would translate it to us does that sound like a familiar pattern of you yeah, ever does. <laughs> oh no not that one again yes that one okay so he was the one and then at a certain point we're wondering well if he can get access to you know source oneness god universal intelligence whatever you want to call it uh, why can't we uh, and that's kind of an awakening question. And when you go in that pursuit, you start to transcend those um, ties that bind you, the groups that bind you. And we left that group as kind of slow learners, I think. Sometimes I think I'm slow learners. It took us quite a few years to kind of, but of course you're connected with it. We we lived in, on, a, on a farm, a vineyard in Northern California, and you, know, you have all your friends and your whole life is oriented. So it's not as easy to leave it as you might think in some cases too. Right, so you're kind of leaving everything behind. So and then you're shunned and you're banned when you leave. Uh, the people who were real close to you and were going to be with you forever while you were in the group are now you're you're, you're damned or you're going to hell. So we left, the, and, and the good thing is we we intensely pursued other spiritual endeavors, and this included hypnotherapy, um, which I want to talk a little bit about that. Some very powerful things of how you change through hypnotherapy kind of will come back to that, I hope, remind me, and uh, channeling and uh, other modalities of healing. We were early adopters of EFT, the Emotional Freedom Techniques. We developed our own brand called Holistic EFT. We developed our own healing modality, spiritual kinesiology. And all of these we actually write about in how-tos in the new book, The Loving Power of Your Soul. And we started, I was though a, a teacher, educator at the time. My wife was an architect. As, as supporting ourselves. And that was OK. It was for a while. And then my wife really started burning out, became ill, chronically fatigued, and had to stop working. I sort of lost the luster of teaching, educating, and was going through the motions. And on the side, we were developing, as I said, all these these healing modalities, which are really directly connected with healing yourself so you can awaken. It goes hand in hand with awakening, uh, healing yourself, clearing shadows and blocks. Um, so then eventually we were doing it part time. And then as we became more successful, we, we did it full time and started writing books along the way. So I think I, I'll, I'll close my story for now. That's sort of how I got here uh, and uh, to what I'm doing. And we teach a lot about all these modalities, including life purpose and soul connection and more.
0: You do indeed. Thanks so much for for that, Philip. It's a fascinating journey. And I guess um, you mentioned there about the the guru that you're with and, you know, holding the or withholding the the teachings. It's all filtering down through them. And I I kind of worry about people like that there, I guess, from my own work. I'm I'm always trying to tell people and trying to empower them that, you know, don't listen just right to me. You should be doing this here. You know, listen to what I'm saying and go off and do it. Don't really pay any attention to me. Um, when I was creating my own kind of path, um, simply just or, or just before creating these videos, um, I started off with a blog and kept all of my personal information off. There was no photos of me. There was no mention of my name on it. and There was no pictures of me on it because I wanted the work to stand for itself. I didn't want people to pay attention to me. And, along the way I created a podcast which was a big step for me because then people could hear number one that I was a male um and number two based on my accent what part of the world so uh, that might sound stupid but it was a big part for me because I kind of shunned the limelight um and now th- these videos which which was another kind of major step because once again it, it seems like the focus of attention is kind of on me as a person and I kind of done a, a short interview um or an introductory video to say look i'm going to be doing these video interviews please listen to the message rather than what i'm saying i'm only a messenger so i guess um like you're saying it just seems a wee bit mm, a bit suspect if people put all the attention on them and say it's through me it sounds kind of like a uh, like a like a priest or a kind of minister where you know they have all the power and it's only through them that you can receive forgiveness their their forgiveness and stuff um so yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's very fascinating. Um, it's it's interesting to, to that you talk about healing as well because healing, I think, for me is 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 the biggest thing that we can do in our lives, the biggest spiritual practice, um, and it's sorely needed in the world today. And as you turn around and say, like, there's any number of spiritual abilities and any number of things that you can do, but healing is the most fundamental and most important. Us back to anything that we can do in the world that can actually be your soul and ultimately transform you. And this is what I, I loved about loving power of, of the soul is there's such a large part of it. Develop or de- devoted to healing and healing techniques. And there's so much of it that I that that I can take that actually I can learn to to further my own healing as well. So I just want to thank you beforehand for for creating that book. Um, so yeah, let, that, let's talk about loving part of the soul because um, the way I kind of looked at it, the overview, I and see if you agree with me here. For me, it's a way of changing the way you think about yourself and the world first and foremost. What you have been conditioned to think um, through what society tells us, what our peers tell us, what our uh, parents tell us. Then for connecting with the heart and the soul, which are completely overlooked in today's modern society. Um, hopefully then insinuating or coming to the part of having a, what we would call a spiritual awakening. And this is, happens through healing blocks and, and traumas to, to, in, in each of the bodies. Um, to then developing advanced spiritual practices and to developing a deeper connection to the soul. Uh, to the higher self and the spiritual realm so for me that's that's what i kind of took the over overall and it's quite a lot to actually take in quite a lot to deal with you know i guess for people do you undergo a spiritual awakening or something like oh, that can take years. <laughs> there you go a guidebook to realizing your true potential absolutely fantastic Um, i cannot recommend it enough absolutely it seems to put all of these years of of potential, as you mentioned quite in the book, these years of potential developing and kind of in the wilderness and wandering and humming and on and taking a direct shortcut to this connection with the soul and undergoing a spiritual awakening.
1: Right. And uh, to follow up with that, um, and part of our story is Jane and I, we met some very powerful uh, uh, influencers, shall I say, spiritual influencers people uh, years ago and they taught us the sort of early version of what soul centering which is one of the key things that we do to connect with the soul that we write about in the book and elsewhere and that really changed our lives when we started meditating and doing this simple soul centering uh, exercise which we can even do where you're just sort of breathing into your heart and opening up your heart and that idea of the heart and soul which is everyone kind of knows there's some connection there. It's sort of in, embedded in our our culture and our awareness. Uh, when you do that, uh, it becomes more natural. And that's also how you evolve. And uh, then you uh, break away from groups like the spiritual organization I was talking about or whatever yours is. And those are useful and valuable and actually necessary experiences. I I, I want to point out that they are, are actually part of the spiritual journey. It's, you really probably can't skip them. Uh, maybe a few people can, but generally you want to, I mean, it actually saves you some time because there's a wonderful body of information. You want to take what you can and then transcend it that you get stuck if, if you think that's the ending point, like I said. Uh, and then the idea is to integrate it, and that comes into the healing part, which we discovered, you need the healing part because once you're awakened to the soul, there's blocks to the soul, and and the soul can actually heal those blocks, which is very wonderful uh, and enlightening. And uh, then you get more self-expression and can speak more authentically from a deeper, more soulful, more purpose-aligned place.
0: Brilliant! I'm um, just shoving something off my screen there. And I guess, like you say, you know, it, it's understanding what blocks we have. It, it's bringing up those things that we have suppressed and kept hidden within us and addressing them. And I think that's what you were mentioning about this previous organization that you were in. Although it took you so far, Um, you found something off. and A lot of people found something off in it because you, you couldn't understand why there was these kind of outbursts and, and these kind of meltdowns, if I like. And that was because in this organization, you were kind of taught to suppress negative emotions to not deal with them, and obviously, ultimately, through your 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 further teachings, your further further learnings, and um, you find that this is not quite the the case. We have to bring those things up and address them and heal them and remove blocks if we want to make progress.
1: Right, exactly, and it's just natural. And first of all, is that willingness to uh, connect and open up. You first of all explore. You go on an adventure. You break from the herd. That's a stage, uh, and and the comfort of that and then you start to explore different possibilities maybe different modalities different religions different groups it's different teachings uh and then at a certain point you're you're realizing hey i have to go within you know it's not out there it's in here that 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 i need to get clear the answer isn't out there remember the answer is within have you ever heard that one the truth is within right at least they kind of get me mad. The truth is within them. Why am I so messed up? Why am I so confused? I'm lost. I must be really messed up. So that's a part, that's a stage. And you do the healing and you keep doing it and doing it. In fact, I'm still doing it. There's different subtle layers of the onion. And um, and you get more of your authentic self, your expression to come through. And when you were talking about it earlier, it reminded me when I, when we first started doing this work, which our website was getting through getting thru.org the the website started in 1997 so it's a very extensive website and when we first started we wanted to be kind of as you said very anonymous and just let the work speak and not you know come across as too self-centered right and we would we would offer our earliest products and stuff and we wouldn't even tell people how to get them We wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't even have a link, you know, an ad to a cart thing. That's how you know meek we were. You know, we were really, really,
0: you know, really yeah. Yeah, sounds exactly like myself. I seem to be going through the same stage that you've went. Through. Yeah, it's it's
1: a stage, yeah, and but eventually when you start to feel proud and you have these gifts, and you have wonderful gifts, you're so articulate, and you have this wonderful podcast and other things. <laughs> That you actually want to, in a a genuine way, to let people know about it, you know, to help them. Because if they don't know who, and people need to know who you are, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. That is sort of a profound, that's actually almost like a spiritual maxim as well as a business one. So you need to let people get to know you and be more vulnerable and, and, and understand, you know, why you can help them
0: you said a key word there and it, it's so important is this idea of vulnerability and it, it feeds into the heart you know if we yeah, how can i say it how can i kind of frame this here Um modern society and our kind of nature does not um take too well or agree with this idea of being vulnerable of of displaying vulnerabilities of being open um of, of leading from the heart but Part of opening your heart up is is to let people in, and, and that may mean that um, people may hurt you, people may say nasty things about you, but we cannot move forward unless we display our vulnerabilities. We cannot be true to ourselves and to others if we don't uh, allow ourselves to be vulnerable by opening the heart. And I think that people are separated nowadays because um, they, 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 they don't take risks, they don't take chances, they think that um, they don't want, they fear ridicule, I guess, and um, they fear people uh, making fun of them by expressing how they really feel, by expressing their true intentions. And so people clam up and keep their thoughts and emotions bottled up. So I guess what you what you have done, let me say, um, through your, your your teachings and obviously a large part of your, your work is to do with the heart and to do with the whole, or sorry, the whole is to, uh, to do with the soul. And to do with love is becoming vulnerable because that's the first step, isn't it? And when you display your vulnerabilities, it encourages other people to open up and be vulnerable themselves, and that's a big part of the healing journey. Is by you know, I guess displaying your vulnerabilities by opening up and saying like, "I'm not perfect. I have these flaws. I have these fears," you know, and that's a big part of it, isn't
1: it? It is. It's definitely a part of it. I, I think I I take a step back that that may not be part step one. The step one is the motivation to grow and contribute and awaken. So when you do that, at a certain point, you start to see what's in the way of you knowing yourself better and op- and connecting with your soul and, and, and having a more soul-based day-by-day life. And that's some of those vulnerabilities, like you're saying. Then you have a natural motivation and that's where you may want to study and get teachers and individual help or teachings and support. In fact, you need support. <laughs> not you might. You really do need to find the right support, whether it's someone like us or you or someone else that you feel drawn to. And some of that you know will work out and some of it won't. I mean, we've been through many different teachings and we've gotten something from all of them. Some of them are very good and some of them just <laughs> learn more some of the things not to do, you know.
0: Yeah, but your book is actually broke down into three separate parts. We have yeah. part one, part two, and part three. And part one is preparation. Part two is activation, and part three is is transformation. And I think part one, and um, you've described a stepping into the unknown. It kind of feeds into that a bit about what, what what's in front of me here. If I if I be vulnerable, if I open up my heart, if I want to if I want to um, get better, if I want to remove these these blocks, or, you know, it's 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 an unknown journey, isn't it? This idea of connecting with the soul. Could you talk about that a little bit in, in part uh, one?
1: Right, uh, the part one of the loving power of your soul uh, we call preparation. And what that is, Zenith, is um, we already have a, a lot of tools, a lot of intelligences, a lot of abilities coming in, even as a child. Uh, and uh, we come in, our birth is but asleep, uh, and we come in in Trails of Glory, Wordsworth's poem, you know, A Life is But a Forgetting, and we came from a a, a star afar, I'm kind of uh, approximating his poem, Uh, but those Trails of Glory, we have a sense of them even from early childhood, Uh, but we have all these natural abilities, intelligences, and some are more developed than others. Some are more physical intelligence, more abilities of movement or body awareness. Some people are more uh, emotional intelligence, more social skills, more connecting with people. Some people are more mental, cognitive faculties, reasoning and such. And some are just people also have a sort of spiritual intelligence, a sense of the spiritual, the world, the general world, the, the greater oneness of things. So all those are... Uh, what Gurdjieff and called them were functions and not consciousness. And that when I first heard that, I said, now what's that? Functions are not consciousness. What does he, what are we? Sounds interesting. Okay. Once you get this, though, it's pretty illuminating. We do write about it in detail in the book. So we have these things that we function in. It can be quite automatically or, or as you awaken to your soul and connect with your soul, you can use your abilities and develop them. Some of them you're quite gifted at, some of them you have deficiencies and may need to kind of patch things up or uh, to find your purpose and to to live optimally and accelerate your evolution. So you use these intelligences, understand what they are and develop them um, so you can awaken more. And then then in the second part of the book, we, we give different ways, six different ways to connect with the soul to help with this awakening more consciously. Yeah.
0: Don't ask me to, to to memorize all of it because as I said, there right. was so so much so of- and, and I had written extensive notes as I was saying to you before the um before that before the broadcast went live that I actually had to look at it and go, Oh my god, there's no way there's no, no possible way I could fit this it's into very you know, this encapsulated. Thing. It's it's
1: thirty years of work encapsulated, but I do want to make make a note though that it is, I think it's quite easy to read, would you agree?
0: Absolutely it, it, It's not real academic or obscure no, or anything. No, that that's what I found. That it's 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 not academic. Anyone can can pick this up and start putting in the practice, the techniques, the ideas, the philosophies that you have listed out. All I'm saying is that it it requires you if you really are serious about this. Here, I would suggest that people, and as you mentioned this in your book, is that quite a lot of people will pick up books like this here and go, "Okay, I've read it now," and move on to the next uh whatever's in the in the spotlight at the minute real transformation can only occur by taking books like this here and rereading them because once you reread stuff and reread um books like this here you will understand a lot more there'll be more that that come into your mind there will be more that stick um that didn't with the first reading Um, and if you're serious about this here then you really need to because as I said you you've diluted 30 years of practice into this book a lot of people, uh, and I guess you'll agree with me, the most kind of common um, perception of spiritual awakenings and spiritual developments is that they take a lifetime to occur. And that's what I said at the beginning of this interview. This book seems to to encapsulate the, the quickest and closest idea that you could have to, to diluting that lifetime of experience into into one book. So this for plan. anyone who is who is serious about this here it, it would requ- require multiple reads because you're just going to get more and more out of it you know learning more and more about yourself deepening the techniques and stuff like that there, there's yeah. so so much to talk about it there, really there,
1: there is there's a couple ways of, of looking at this in if um, what for the dedicated really avid uh, seeker or the person who really wants to go deep into soul centering and soul connection and transformation and purpose they may want to to read it very carefully and and more than once. Yes, I would agree. For other people, they may want it as an introduction or to pick and choose because there are a lot of just clear explanations about multiple intelligences, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual intelligences. There's a lot about mindfulness and how it relates to soulfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation. Uh, Then there's this specific six different really easy to do techniques to connect consciously with the soul. And then the third part is about uh, the healing, the holistic EFT or spiritual kinesiology. So they could pick and choose and kind of go at it and maybe come back to it too, just to get a, a, a really wonderful broad overview. I mean, if you were just starting off and say, Hey, I just want to get a kind of a sense of the big picture. You know where what's the landscape, what, what are the possibilities? This would be a, a good introduction. And then for the really avid seeker who wants to go deep, they really want to study it yeah. closely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what I would say about the the loving power of the soul as well is it's it's not just as you mentioned, or it's not just for people who are starting out in their journey. It it, it can also help people like me who um, who are, are fairly well into their journey, who have quite a lot of these techniques and understand quite a lot of it. There's still a lot in that book that I can go, well, I can deepen my practices through understanding of this here. Okay, but I, I quite wasn't aware of that there. Even my healing and stuff, and even the healing that I kind of practice on a, a, a fairly regular basis, Um perhaps maybe outside of the, the 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 church that perhaps I do it, but my own personal healing I can take these techniques that, that you're, you're speaking about and um, bringing people through their problems, getting them to feel their emotions and where they're feeling it in order to help them instead of just applying healing. Um, I think, as you were mentioning before, and um, is that although we're in these great organisations, if we're kind of serious about really getting to the zenith, if I say, about our our, our journey, and um, we, we, we kind of realize sometimes the limitations of some of these places and organizations. And I think for me, who really wants to um, develop the, 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 the channeled healing that, that, um, that I offer in order to help people understand how to heal themselves, right. I need to, to, to take from other people and especially from techniques that I've offered in your book, which ultimately allow people to help themselves. And so i think that's a a great part of your book
1: oh definitely that that is the core of our teachings to to help people to help themselves to help people to know themselves know thyself
0: yeah the, the ancient maxim. yeah um i'm trying to think about what yeah um as you mentioned the four four intelligences we kind of looked at there we also you also mentioned quite a big part of that there is that a lot of physical problems. And this is what is, is kind of lacking in in uh, modern medical science is that I know we're, we're changing that now. It's still a slow process. It's understanding a lot of physical problems are caused by mental imbalances. And through understanding our emotions and through techniques of mindfulness, meditation, you know, understanding these techniques is that we can actually resolve physical imbalances and physical problems and also um, emotions and stuff like that and phobias and stuff like that. You've mentioned quite a lot about that in your book and you actually give um, examples of people who have, have come to use and have undertaken your practices and how they have been resolved in sometimes miraculous fashion.
1: Yes, let me give another uh, another one. And there's many of them in the book that, I, I mean, I keep helping people and having these amazing uh, results. And it feels like it just is coming through me. And I, I think that's when it, it's probably being effective. <laughs> you're just sort of an open channel for healing and awareness. Uh, and I remember one lady I helped, uh, and this is the different levels of intelligences, uh, her her presenting issue, as a, as a psychiatrist therapist might say, uh, the issue was uh, she had a sore Uh, wrist. So some of the times things, things start usually spiritually and they work their way down into this dense uh, physical world. And they, if they're chronic enough, then they show up physically. Uh, And there are genetic things, which also has usually a spiritual component too, but beyond all of it. But anyways, going back to the story, the lady had a sore wrist. I was helping her. So I said, Let's see, Angie, uh, okay, why don't you breathe into your wrist and tell me what you're feeling? That may sound strange to some people. So, breathe into the center of that soreness and what you're feeling. That's the emotional level. We're going to the levels of the aura. So, she's feeling, she said, Well, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. So, I said, Well, what are you anxious about? She goes, well, I'm going back out into the workforce and I'm not sure if I'm going to find a job or not. Okay, now that's the mental level. That's a belief. That's a belief that it's going to be hard to succeed, right? And then, you know, how are you feeling about yourself when you, when you think, when you're anxious and you're not sure you're going to get a job? I'm feeling bad about myself then. That's even a deeper level still. Uh, the identity level. I'm not good uh, there's something wrong with me now. That's an illusion, uh, misperception. But that's the way we are, in how we learn in this uh, learning school of Earth uh, through wounding and hurts and traumas and mishaps and so forth. Anyways, so we started doing in this case some holistic EFT, EFT's emotional freedom technique. We do a holistic version of adding some points and different approaches. And she was tapping. There's, there's seven points at the top of the head that balancing the energy field and the eyebrow and the side of the eyes and the under the eyes and the nose and the chin and the collarbone and under the arms and breathing. And then there's we do a reset process where you tap across the top of your head, integrating your left and right brain and breathing and, and tapping across your heart and breathing And we did, I I might have only been one or two rounds, uh, and then I asked uh, Angie, how are you feeling? You know, what's it like now? Just let's reassess, in other words. I'm feeling fine now. How does it feel? You know, are you feeling anxious? No. Uh, How do you feel about going on the workforce? I think it's going to be fine, really. How's How's your wrist, by the way? Hmm, it's not sore anymore. So is it always that easy? No. Does it always work, you know? Sometimes we've helped people with cancer, sometimes not, you know, doing these things. Uh, and there may be more to learn or maybe so dense or genetic or part of kind of your life plan, you know, that's yeah. all factoring in. But so these kind of stories happen all the time. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm still, you know, doing it 30 years. I'm still like, wow, what? Really? That quickly? Hmm, okay, great, you
0: know. And I guess uh, what what I really enjoyed about that is that when when people come for healing, they think that, um, especially for the likes of me, whatever people consider me to be a healer, (laughs) but I'm almost a pains to say to them, look, you're healing yourself really at the end of the day, you know, I'm just being a channel for that healing energy and what I do is slightly different from you, but as I said, I'd love to integrate some of the things that you do into my own practices but as much as I can, I tell people, look, you need to give yourself permission to heal yourself. Ultimately, you're the one who's healing yourself, healing the blockages. It's not me. I don't have any power. Um, but it's this idea of, um, as you turned around and said, that the, the people are, sorry, uh, what I wanted to actually say there is that although the, the people need to heal themselves is because um, it's sometimes it's within their life plan. You know, and only only they can change their own life plan, you know, by um, right. understanding what they've come up against or what they've brought into the incarnation. You know, and once they uh, realize what it is that's been holding themselves back, then they can change their life plan and change what was holding them back. So right. most of the time, if not all of the time, I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just facilitating um, them to get into that kind of state where they give themselves permission to heal and to for you, you take it a step further. You're you're explaining to them and what it is that's holding them back. Whereabouts do you feel these emotions? You know, there was a, 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 a an example in your book about um, someone who came with a phobia of um, flying. Um, and right. I- Awesome, like on a scale of one to ten, what's your fear? And I think they said 15, yeah, right. They sometimes say things like that, yeah. And it was just through one or potentially two simple, um, right, uh, sessions with I think it may be an apex healing that that person completely found their their, their fear of flying completely yeah, gone, yeah. Right. So it, it's just so simple what, what it is. It's not this kind of what I'm trying to get at is it, it's not this kind of mystical um uh, uh par that w- w- that were like jesus themselves it, it's the, the the examples that you offer in this book are just so simple you know they're one or two sessions five ten minutes and it can really transform people's lives and i think that's yeah. what, what's fantastic about it
1: it can help with and uh, you reminded me about uh, post-traumatic uh stress and there's been a lot of documentation actually studies of eft especially for helping uh people like veterans Post-traumatic stress, and I've helped people with that as well. Uh, and part of all healing and coaching really is reframing. There's a term for reframing; many people probably know. So, if you see something from a different perspective, it's completely different, and that's very powerful in terms of your approach, your perspective, your attitude, your well-being.
0: Yeah, can we talk a little bit then about some of the things, the techniques in your book? And um, I guess I'm not quite too sure what point or what part of therein, end but i think the first part is maybe awakening to your soul and soul centering i think this is a fundamental part of it and i think that the, the technique that i remember out of it is just so simple it's putting your hand on your heart and breathing <laughs> in that loving white light so that you reconnect with, with that soul and it sounds so simple yes. and it should be so simple because all of these techniques um are natural we're reconnecting with what is natural. It does not require you to have a, a university degree yeah. or brains to burn or complex uh, mathematical equations. They yeah. are natural birth, right? And what you're doing is bringing forth things. And I guess, as you mentioned in your book there, we kind of overlook things. Of, well, it just couldn't be that simple. Surely it, it couldn't be, but they really are. They are designed for everyone and anyone in this world because what we're doing is reconnecting with what is our birthright and our simple techniques. It's the world around us that has made things so complicated.
1: Well said, yeah, we're reconnecting, we're awakening. What does that mean, awakening? That means if we're awakening, that means we're not awake. That means we're asleep or not paying attention. Uh, And what we're doing is sort of piercing the veil, giving voice to our soul, recognizing who we are. Who are we? Well, there's a greater presence that's always there almost like an, like this super conscious app in the background running uh, and it's there non-judgmentally. And, and we, we have some guidelines for our life. I mean, we have our genetics and our physical body and our, our place in society and so forth. So there are things and limitations that we've been set into. But we have a lot of free will, yeah. but there's sort of general guidelines and things that uh, are important markers for us. And we can do whatever we want with them, with our life plan. And the soul can, if we consciously awaken, can help us optimize this life and doing these little simple procedures where you become intimate with your soul. Some people do it through mindfulness and meditation. Um, And awaken to it. You, You know the energy, the presence. And something, Zenith, that a lot of people don't understand is they think something connecting with the soul is a rare event. And it's generally and people are aware that it's connected with beauty, which it is and, and tragedy or times of great crisis or intensity. So, yes, when you see a beautiful sunset or sunrise, you do feel present and connected to oneness and everything, i.e. soulfulness. And that is actually a way of being present of going into nature. That's one of the ways of doing it, by the way. Um, and or some intense tragedy and you always remember that it's like something that's seared into your memory that you're always aware of that you had a great challenge yet you don't have to wait for the great beauty or the great tragedy to to occur you can do it right this moment listening to us watching us uh, and this little process if maybe we should do it to just experience it uh of being more soulfully centered in this moment
0: yeah that would be great
1: Let's let's do it. So it's really simple. And if people can if they're in a place where they can close their eyes, that might be useful because that slows down your brain waves and opens you up to your heart energy and your breathing in calming, clearing breaths, right? Exhaling, letting go what you no longer need. As you breathe in these beautiful, calm, clearing breaths, you let wonderful waves of relaxation go through your whole body. And you can relax more and more as much as you'd like. Feel free to let go of everything from your head, your shoulders, your midsection, legs, knees, and feet. Everything just relaxes at ease. And you take on more of your own energy as you breathe in, and you release anything that's not yours as you exhale. And as you're breathing more and more of this pure, clear energy, uh, You're beginning to gather energy around your heart. If you want, you can put your hand on your heart, just opening your heart. And as you open your heart more to its loving energy, you can connect with more acceptance, more expansion, more peace and relaxation. And that is that soulful energy. And that soul may be a, a sense an image might come to mind, maybe a sound, maybe even a message is coming from your soul. And as you just kind of sit there, and whatever it is, it is, and it may be in process, you can open further by opening above your head. Just imagine an opening that you can open consciously to the whole universe, to oneness. Your higher self opens up, connects with oneness, God, divine intelligence, infinite awareness, and you have that connection now more consciously as you bring it into your whole body and being. And as you hang out with that wonderful energy, you may even receive a message about perhaps your next step, something that you can use to be more soulfully aware some confirmation for yourself, or just kind of hanging out with the energy. Whatever it is, is great and it may come later, a message or insight as well. And as you stay with this energy as we're closing the the meditation, know that it's there for you at all times and every moment and you can carry it through the rest of this interview and throughout the day. And sometimes I'll count just one to five. That's just a cue to kind of open your eyes if your eyes have been closed, opening your eyes and feeling very refreshed. One, ready to open your eyes. Two, getting ready to open your eyes, being refreshed and returning. Three, using your insights and awareness. And four, knowing you can connect with your soul at any time, at any moment. It's there lovingly supporting you. And five, opening your eyes back in the moment, grounded, feet on the floor, feet on the ground, knowing that you have a wonderful journey and purpose uh, before you.
0: (sighs) Not a good idea when you're the host of this podcast because just that simple technique, and I I am a very kind of deep meditator and have so many experiences, but just even that quick 60 seconds or however long it was, is just (laughs) that connection. And it's hard for me to come back from that. I really had to bring myself back. Um, perhaps do it if you're not a podcast host, but for anyone who's doing this, <laughs> just repeat them simple steps. Maybe you didn't get it first time around. Just keep on repeating it. And it's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that. And that's what is the beauty about this. Oftentimes, I will kind of say I don't have time for meditation, even if it's 10 minutes and it's it's, it's this kind of idea. Well, I, I can't relax enough. I can't get myself out of that mindful state where all this thing but just even that six, 60 second technique is just such a, a simple and clear, direct way of connecting with your soul and connecting with source. And just visualizations, as you say, just imagining whatever's there letting whatever images or me- uh, messages come in there. My message was just pure, simple, was just increase that love. Let that love go forth. Just let that love come out. And I actually just wanted to open my eyes and tell you we're just very much loved, Philip. Um, if you didn't already know it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful technique. Thank you very much for, for demonstrating that.
1: You're welcome. I love that message. Let let the love go forth. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. Uh, I got very emotional doing that. I yeah. really did. And um, some people will get
1: very simple message. A lot of times it's just simply like, you're okay or relax. It can be that simple. But from a higher perspective, the reframe, it's different from someone just saying, hey, relax, it's okay. I mean, that yeah. might be useful. But it's quite profound. And as you do it more and we have a long version written out in the new book the loving power of your soul and a short version after a while it's very easy to do it quite quickly and then you're doing it more day-to-day moment to moment uh and that's part of that spiritual evolution as you get more connected with the soul as we said then you start to open up uh embrace yourself heal your vulnerabilities and find your voice and your expression and, and your impact and your purpose in the world
0: yeah, I'm just trying to bring myself back to to this. Coming back, like, coming all the way back, feet <laughs> on the ground. It the water. yeah. It, it, it as I said, these these experiences and when I when I'm doing these deep meditations and when I'm in my spiritual practices and practicing with with connecting with that. See, this is what I loved about it because these are techniques and and um, philosophies that, that I would use when I'm. You know, preparing for my, my my spiritual practices, whether that's trance or um, or uh, channeling, I think it's called, in, in the other side of the pond, or even when when, when I'm trying to connect with my healing guides, is I, I, I kind of go very deep and it does take me a, a bit of time to come back round sure. So just even feeding those energies in just that short space of time is, is, is really amazing.
1: Great. I just want to make a note in case someone was listening, some people some people uh, may have challenges with that particular technique. And that and that's why we have five other ones, too, that that they might want alternatives in, in the in the book. But what, sometimes the reason, zenith, that people have challenges is, one, you may be too stressed to relax, because it does take a certain, you know, sometimes you're too stressed out. And that's where the EFT, the tapping, just tapping those pressure points in EFT can calm you down, or breathing, or going out in nature walking, so you're more receptive and calm. Yeah. Or it may just, this may not be your particular technique, or you may need to just practice it a little more, and it'll become much more familiar and comfortable to you.
0: Yeah, what I like is that all of your techniques are complementary towards each other. You know, you can start on one. If you can't get this, as you mentioned, you can start on EFT. You can start on, on getting yourself into nature or bringing that nature, connection with oneness nature, as you as you mentioned in the book. And then move on to this here um, to relax and to get rid of that kind of stress and all that noise and junk that goes into our head. So it really is so complementary. Um, I guess the next thing we should talk about is rising from the mountaintop or rising to the mountaintop from the mud. And I can understand this quite a lot because I talk about, you know, being in the ditch or being in the mud and freeing yourself from from that. And it's, it's, it's breaking free, as you say, from the herd and ascending to the mountaintop. And a mountaintop is kind of when we look at all of these kind of... Um, spiritual gurus and spiritual practices that they're all kind of isolated from society they're all kind of at a mountaintop and it's that wider perspective of the whole world and even when you're in your meditations or if you're connecting to these these i think you mentioned that there in these kind of spiritual realms in which we transcend to we have this higher perspective and i think that's what the the point of this is
1: right so the mud to mountaintop which is another soul centering process we write about like the first one we just did, the soul center, and just to kind of review this one, because I know we spent a little time on that last one, but just to give the, the listeners a, a gist of it, is you take your issue and, and imagine or sense it as being in the mud. which sort of feels like when we're stressed, we're fear, doubt, confused, pain, etc., cetera. And then you shift to go to the mountaintop, which is the soulful oneness connection, and you sense or imagine uh yourself on the mountaintop and see the world from that place and get the insights and then bring it down uh back to where you were previously when you were stressed or whatever you were dealing with to heal it and to be more aware so you can go to that instantly rise to the mountaintop i was helping someone recently and 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 the issue what was putting them in the mire was uh, some financial insecurity which a lot of people can relate to uh And so he was worried. He was transitioning into a new career. wasn't sure if it was going to work. And you know, seemed to be, but was had concerns. And um, and then when he went to the mountaintop, everything brightened up. He was light. He was free. He realized that uh, he was in the right place. He was doing the right thing, and it was going to work out. You know, in in a grounded way, in in, in a practical way, not in a a, a airy fairy denial way, but just a you know. and then putting that back down to where he was he felt assured because you know if you're doing everything you can and you're following your heart and soul our experience is it's going to work out one way or the other so you're doing the best you can and most worries never are imaginary as mark Twain said you know i've worried about most of the things throughout my life and almost none of them have ever occurred <laughs>
0: And, and, and I guess sort of um, furthering on from that there is we have um, kind of more advanced techniques, if you could call it that, because I talk a lot about this here and it's kind of my goal is that, um, well, kind of more and more is this self-actualization and self-transcendence and then opening the miracles then from from that. Could you talk a little bit about that, this self-actualization, self-transcendence? For me, this is about bringing more of that higher energy or that higher self into this physical realm and to to opening yourself up to unlimited possibilities
1: yes and as as probably some people are aware of those terms self-actualization and and self-transcendence they came from abram abram maslow the uh the therapist's the uh developmental psychologist uh, uh back quite a few years ago and he has that pyramid and those are the higher highest needs uh it's the sort of transcendent needs of self-actualization and uh, uh, self-transcendence. And uh, part of where we're going is to become our best self, actualizing ourselves uh, and doing these processes will make you your best self, your best you, uh, and living more on purpose in the moment will do that. And overlapping that is it's self-transcendence where you're living sort of through your body, your, your, your life is almost living through you. You're in the world, but not of the world and you're contributing. Um, so that's a, a self transcended So you're more and more going in that place, living that kind of life. Uh, they're sometimes called abundant needs rather than uh, deficit needs, where you've kind of are overflowing with what you your, you've met your basic needs, which are survival kind of needs, belonging needs, and are are living in these more higher creative fulfilling needs to help really other people too to be a vehicle to be connecting and using your gifts and talents uh appropriately and and, and uh enjoyably in the zone.
0: Yeah, brilliant And then we have um which I guess a lot of people would kind of hmm, frown at that there and don't believe is possible, but this idea of opening the miracles and miracles being um coming into our lives, you know, and having miracles. <laughs> It, 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 despite what you may think or your own kind of ideas of what miracles are they, they don't have to be anything on a grand scale like one of these uh, Jesus or uh, one of these ascended masters they can be simply small things that you never expect to come true and I guess the way that from what you talk about and what I firmly believe is when our heart is in the right place when our heart is open when we're trying to bring more love in we become Um, a week and we become alive to the power of miracles miracles can't come into our lives
1: right so part of it is you if you position yourself what you're looking for if you have the blinders on if every day is the same you're in a struggle you're in a momentum you're just trying to get by and we've all been there uh, then you're going to miss the miracles that uh, are right in front of you that pass you by much less look for them uh, I remember one time I asked myself uh, I was I was at a stoplight, and I said I want to I want a sign to see if I'm on the right path. You know I was I, stay, I was sitting in my car at the stop sign, and I look around and and the sign said right next to me to the left no exit. <laughs> like don't don't go this way no exit. Uh, well, I guess I'm on the right way. Right so <laughs> so look for the synchronicities. <laughs> so they're yeah. they right we just need to be have eyes to see and ears to hear, as it's said in the the lay I believe.
0: And that that's just such a brilliant um conceptualization or understanding of what a miracle can be. It doesn't have to be this idea of, well, this person was blind and they walk. That truly is a miracle. We well, you've just got that synchronicity. you've got that um answer to to your question, you know, and I guess that's what miracles can be. So I just guess I wanted to get that kind of clear for anyone who kind of "Mm, miracles and right
1: let me uh the way we define miracles just because it's kind of a a term that's bandied about a little uh is it's exceeding your expectations or something wondrously different being open occurring we one of our healing techniques we we downloaded this sort of magical mantra which we call the miracle reframe and it goes Anything is possible and miracles are happening now. And you can use that with EFT tapping or or we have another healing modality, spiritual kinesiology, healing from the soul. You can say that affirmation and it's quite powerful. What what does that evoke for you when you you hear or say that, uh, Zenith? What's that, sorry? What does that evoke for you when you hear or say anything is possible and miracles are happening now?
0: Well, it opens you up to any number of possibilities. it It, it expands your mind. you know it, it doesn't it lets you know that the world is not just limited to this physical reality. I guess that's the problem with these experiences and you know when we we have to come back into this state and then because we we don't have that connection all of the time, we look out at the world around us, you know, and it just seems to be a, a world of physical. Um, matter where miracles can't come in. But as you quite rightly say, what quantum physics talks about and is understanding now, when we go down and uh, uh, into the subatoms and stuff like that, we find it's empty space, largely empty space. So we're actually living in a world of empty space. We think things are solid. We think that if we try to put our hand through a door, which we probably would, it would it's solid. But actually science even tells us it's not that. So miracles can affect our physical reality. And this can be done through the power of love. Um, and, and it's opening up and expanding into that idea. It's, it's about expanding that awareness for me. Let me just give you one quick story. Um, yes. When we were doing sort of card readings at a, at a development school, and um, I'd plucked a card that said miracles. And the guy who was reading my card gave me these things about miracles and you're going to perform miracles. And I thought, well, maybe it's more miracles going to come into my life. Fast forward a year or two later and I went for um this thing called a, a destiny retrieval, a soul retrieval with a, a shaman about you obviously know what it is, putting your 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 best possible future into this here. And when I kind of came out of it, I was talking about the guy, to the guy and um, I'd mentioned to him about this idea of miracles and he, he just simply pointed to the top of his door behind behind me and up there it said miracles can happen and it just Blew me away. It was kind of confirmation from that year ago of that. And that was just a kind of miracle to me, too. So, since then, kind of like you have wrote that down, miracles can happen just to remind myself of that every day so that I don't become lost in what I see and perceive by the five physical senses. And I think when we do that, there we become alive, we become open to the possibility that miracles can come into our lives. And we will see miracles come, in, come into our lives where we think of something wasn't possible does become possible in our lives.
1: Right. There's If you have open up to these infinite possibilities, then things way outside your radar imagination, <laughs> as powerful as that is, uh, can occur. If you're just in this very narrow focus and think it can only happen this way, then if it doesn't happen exactly as you preconceived it, you miss these miraculous possibilities. You know, know, one of the things I think that that literature and movies and and, uh, stories and the hero's journey is so uh, engaging perennially for us is that there's these impossible situations. You know, know, how is the hero going to get out of this one? It's impossible. I mean, it's like he's David and Goliath. It's he's going to be defeated at all odds. And yet somehow the hero always triumphs, finds a way. And we are the hero, the author of our own story. So remember that.
0: Yeah, it feeds into this idea. Um, a very powerful uh statement of the I am, I'm sure you're aware of that there. When you you know, you bring that into your life and you begin to recognize that I am the one, I, I am the creator of my experiences, I am a unique and shining individual, I am a spiritual being, I am part of the creator, I am a spark of the the infinite. Whatever you want to say, you don't have to go by the written one. I've, I've created my own and I've told people to go and create something on yourself that reminds them of this every day, and if this. Ideas feeds into this idea of miracles, but I also think that miracles can only come into your life if you open yourself up to that power of love, um, and with love comes gratitude, it comes forgiveness, it comes, it it, it it breeds um uh, I can't even remember it, it breeds love, it breeds forgiveness, it breeds um all all those great qualities um sensitivity. Um, oh, all, I can't even remember, my mind went blank now. I can't remember this off thing, but all those great qualities that love bring. And oh. Gratitude as well. Gratitude is, is a very big, important one. You know, it's easy to be gratitude or grateful for the things that we have. It's, it's the idea for me anyway, is to be grateful for the things that haven't happened, to be grateful for things that have yet to happen, and even to be grateful for... Those hard times and those traumas into our lives because they're the ones who have actually led us to this path right, right. now. Yeah, right.
1: that's a big part of awakening: realizing your challenges are actually there to help awaken you. As difficult and as unpleasant as they can be at times.
0: Yeah, there's there's quite a lot that we could actually talk about. I mean, we 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 cut uh, we 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 talked about quite a lot of it. We talked about breath work, the reset process, um, EFT, holistic healing, the power of love. And um, just finally, could you just talk us a bit about spiritual kinesiology? Because I know that you yeah. offer that. It's not something your lives. That
1: that's a little bit um, um, uh, less heard of by the general public as of now. Yeah. And that's using this soul energy like we've been talking about going to the mountaintop or that soul centering that we did earlier, using that energy for healing. So if you take your, quote, issue, your blockage, your fear, your doubt, your pain, whatever, and you apply that energy awareness of the soul and connect the two. It's a reframing and anchoring where you merge it to, and we write about it in the book, the steps and so forth. Again, amazing things happen, even maybe more than with EFT, because you have the soul's energy and insights. Uh, so dramatic healings can happen Um rapidly at times and and just awesomely and then you get the guidance from the soul as part of it often
0: yeah it, it's such a fascinating book on so many different things that we could talk about so many different techniques so many even forms of healing your apex healing you know along with the traditional kind of healing that you do the eft your holistic eft reset process. There's so, so much. There really is um, far too much that we could cover in this interview. And besides, people would just switch off. So really the best thing for people to do is get this book, The Loving Power of the Soul. I have read it and I intend to keep on reading it in order to develop my own practices. So Philip, just before we go, can you tell us um, of future plans? Is there anything that you've got that you haven't quite done yet or you're planning to do um not that well, you're not doing enough because yeah. <laughs> well, I read a couple things uh,
1: uh for a free gift for the uh listeners we have a package an excerpt from the new book the loving power of your soul and a holistic eft video and some resources it's a free download a spiritual healing uh coaching kit and it's you go to it there's a tiny url a shortened url they're easy to remember tiny url com slash spiritual dash kit, tinyurl.com slash spiritual dash kit. And that's one. And if people would like to work with Jane and myself individually, we can discuss with them uh, like a discovery session to see if it's a good fit. And they could go to uh, tinyurl.com slash heal dash awake, tinyurl.com slash heal dash awake. And the last thing you said, what we're working on, we have a, a new course. You know, I know it depends when people are watching this, this show. Um, it's it's going to be unveiled in April on Abundant Living with uh, uh, Angels, Oracles,
0: oh, all right. okay. and that's... more. And, and,
1: and that's a, a new little five-week mini course where we're teaching some of our newest discoveries with Angelic EFT and more. And, and that's at uh, tinyurl.com. Uh, slash abundant dash living tinyurl.com abundant dash living for the new uh at this point, new course on uh, abundant living with uh angels oracles and Eft
0: sounds extremely interesting might be something i'm interested in myself yes. so besides that there are fellow can people reach you if they want to take advantage of your courses if they want to connect with you and gene um, a website somewhere that you can go to even if they want to yeah. become more yeah, the, the the other little URLs,
1: the tiny URLs actually are shortened URLs for our website. And our website is getting org, getting thru.org. But they might want to start with that free spiritual yeah. kit, the one that's the tinyurl.com spiritual dash kit, which is actually at our getting through org website.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll include all of the links because as I said at the beginning of this here, you have two different YouTube channels and even on them YouTube channels, you do like five, 10 minute videos of, of just great tips and techniques, which people can kind of tune into, especially if people are, are very busy and don't have the time. Maybe they can do it to break and work or on their way to work, or whatever, just tune into one of these videos right. each day. And it sets the tone and the intention and something they can think about each day. As I said, I've watched a number of them myself and I intend to watch as many as I can. Um, so... Can you leave us in with one kind of message? Is there one kind of philosophy that you've kind of learned in your journey that you can be maybe not summed up, but you've since you've crammed 30 years of experience in the one book, maybe you can leave us with one kind of key message that people can take away with from, from from this broadcast?
1: Yes, I'd be happy to, Zenith. Um I would say remember that it's just a matter of breathing, relaxing, and taking that next loving step. Brilliant. You can only go one step at a time and uh when you narrow it down to that you're more in the moment and things make a lot more sense and they're much more doable
0: fantastic as, as a wise man once said a path is formed by laying one step at a time and i think that's that's absolutely true philip montrose thank you so so much for doing this here i have been your pad one um to to your jet i have learned so much um uh, for <laughs> reading your book i definitely keep in contact with you. And there's so, yeah. so much available on your website. It is just crazy. Trying to navigate it through all of these different courses, the eBooks, the tips, the tricks. People should really go and check that out. There's so, so much there. And through the, the, the short URL links that Philip offered there. And also take advantage of, of this great book, Awakening the Power of the Soul. It is absolutely amazing research. It is the quickest, most helpful um technique that i have discovered to awakening and reconnecting with your soul to um having a spiritual awakening and to the, developing that to removing blocks and accessing those higher dimensions philip thank you so so much for agreeing to do this here i'm sure you're a very busy man thank you so much
1: thanks for having me on zenith really enjoyed it